0: goodness what a glorious occasion we have today this is truly tremendous today we are joined by james leary and i personally
1: could not be happier what a time to be alive truly we've waited for this moment we've waited for this moment james also do you go by james i feel like folks have referred to you in many different ways
2: (laughs) so yes i do um i grew up a jimmy because I'm from the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I grew up a Jimmy, but uh, when I got into SAG, there was already a Jimmy Leary, so then I became Mm. James. So (laughs) I know, like, the way I judge is that People who call me Jimmy and it doesn't sound weird are people who I knew pre nineteen ninety six. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. And there yes. are a very there are a few select people who I've <laughs> met afterwards who can call me Jimmy and it doesn't sound weird. Uh, They've
0: ascended. They have ascended. <laughs> um,
2: and uh, you you both are are free to call me Jimmy.
1: <laughs> wow! Wow! I thank don't know. You. You're uh, yeah. <laughs> we are both from the East Coast too, so it does come naturally. Uh, oh, so. nice, oh, yeah. nice. Uh, anyway, as Jenny was saying, we are. So happy to have you with us. Thank now you so much. Know. I
2: appreciate it. Yeah. Oh. Well.
1: Yeah. We probably could do six a six part interview uh, with you, but we're going to try to keep it to just our you. Most wait. Pressing questions. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, I I suppose since we are inside of Slayers right now, mm-hmm. perhaps the place to start, though I'm certain we will sure. wind up all over um in your journey with Buffy, is how. You found out about this project, Slayers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was it already being written? Was it like, did they say, are you going to come on board and then write Clem in? What was the vibe? Um,
2: yeah. So uh, I'm assuming you mean Slayers, a Buffyverse story, available <laughs> yeah, on Audible. Right. Correct.
1: Exclusively. And that's the very one. On I'm, I'm yeah. assuming you
2: mean that one. Yes. Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> that's the one. Yes. Contract <laughs> obligation checked. Um, No. So I have been good friends with Christopher Golden and Amber Benson for a very, very long time. Um, Obviously, I met Amber on the set um, and she was always such a delightful, delightful person. Um, And I ended up working with her and for her. She cast me in in a movie she did called Lovers, Liars and Lunatics way back in like say 2005 um somewhere around there so and then of course you know we've kept in touch over conventions over the years and she's just always been one of my most favorite people on the planet um and chris i met doing a convention in the catskills oh. at the Ooh. friar tuck in
1: wow i am Whoa. S- i am sitting in the catskills right now right now right now
2: Where's baby? Is she in a corner? <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. um, Never. And let me tell you, this place had was probably popular in about 1956. Um, <laughs> so it was a crazy convention. And uh, Chris and I got to be good, good friends during that. We did a charity auction together. And um, so we've just, oh you know, we've run into each other over the years and kept in touch. And I think it was Chris who emailed me one day and said, hey, um we've got this thing coming up. Would you be willing to, you know, maybe reprise Clem for an audio thing? And I was like, sure. Of course I would. Absolutely. And he was like, yeah, Amber and I are writing. And I was like, yes. And I was very much expecting just to be in, you know, just a little bit. And then some time went by and some more time went by and it got closer and closer. And uh, then he sent me the scripts and uh, I had already, I was already on board. I, I would do anything. I would do one line for them. Um, I would stand in the background and just breathe heavy if they wanted me to. Um, um, so when I got the scripts, I started reading them and I was like, wait, I don't hold on. Wait a second. And yeah, they they made me like a main character. So I was I was all on board and it was just it was such a great a joy to read. And I'm so thankful to both of them and of course to audible, um, and all the amazing people over there. Um, but yeah, they, they really just threw me a bone and I think it's cause they, they believed in me, I think more than I believed in myself and they knew that Clem could, could, could be part of the Scooby. So, so thankful.
0: It's really exciting to, to get to experience as you know, longtime fans of the universe, uh, to, Clem is like a fan favorite. With you know, relatively, if you look at you know the the cast across the the entire television series, Clem is relatively you know eight episodes. Is it eight? That's yep. I would have guessed higher because he takes up so much room in my car. <laughs> same, same. You know, uh, but well. it's so it's just like one of there are so many magical things about this this series, and and one of them to me really is just getting to experience so much more of Clem getting ready to talk to you. I was just thinking about like how cool it is that Clem really brings the warmth, you know, to this series more than like plenty of levity and welcome. Um, but I, but I feel like you really got to like stretch Mm -hmm. your performance legs in terms of like the, the like warm fuzzies. Like it's, it's so awesome and, uh, just like such an enchanting, Expansion of the character. This is not a question. It's just a compliment. Oh,
2: thank you so much. I, you know, I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, it's not, they wrote such amazing stuff. And I think because I've known them for so long and we have all been on stages together and they have seen me do a million different things, I think they understood that, you know, Clem is kind of a, he's definitely a part of me. Um, uh and they just ran with it and i loved i loved being sort of that uh heart of the show if you if or the or the yeah it's a show i'll call it a show um yeah. but it, it was it was so great and i i was so thankful to them that they trusted me with that that they trusted you know cuz i i kind of retired from acting a while ago and they trusted that i could still bring it and i was so so happy for that and it was just so much fun like it it was just such a treat. That entire week was, I, I came home and I was like almost depressed. I was like, oh, why can't I do that every day? Because um, <laughs> it was just so much fun. And we had such a great time. And uh, I, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough. And Casey Wyland, who uh, was the co-director and producer, um, and again, all the Audible people, especially the Audible UK people who were there, they everyone was just so so supportive, and wow. I just felt really supported. So that um, whatever work was being done, I was really confident with. So, and th- thank you for that. I I, I love the character, um, and yeah, I only did, I did six episodes in season six and two in season seven, and I can't believe that twenty, God, twenty two years later, I'm still. Here, Um, you know, never in my wildest dreams would I have ever have imagined.
1: There's there's something about because I was thinking the same thing, Jenny, that you uh, gave voice to just then is like Clem is such a massive. Uh, James, I think you saw recently we posted about our next Buffy prom and we've done this Buffy prom mm-hmm. for a handful of years uh, and people cosplay all over the place. And they do, you know, Cordelia and the homecoming dress and, and on and on. And uh, I am well, as soon as we wrap this uh, interview, I am going to send to you my favorite cosplay of all, which was someone who came as Clem, and they spent oh my gosh. hours like uh, sewing the folds in their like hoodie. There were kittens and cards. No like, way! It was like epic, yeah. epic, epic. And Clem is such. It's just he's su- just such a massive part of our hearts in the show, um, and. One of the questions that I didn't get to ask you when we were together mm-hmm. at Comic-Con that I so desperately wanted to well, was about... yeah I It was mean, tricky. It was, it was so
2: tricky. It was like it was a minefield. A
1: there was a lot happening that day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Clem, Clem always had a depth. There was a depth there. But this series investigates it for the first time. And I I think we would all love to hear what that was like for you, approaching the character with this these new facets, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it it's funny. Uh, I, it, the original character, I think, had a lot of heart built into it. You know, he was only supposed to be a five-line character in one episode. And for whatever reason, the fans really responded to it. And they just kept bringing me back. And season six, as we all know, is a dark <laughs> season. <laughs> and yeah. I kind of lucked out in that, you know, the timing was right. And my particular sensibilities, um, being primarily a comedian and knowing the show, um, it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. You know, I've said this before, when I moved to Los Angeles, it was one of the top five shows I wanted to work on. Probably in the top two. I loved Buffy. I mean, I was a fan from, I think I started watching halfway through season one and I was kind of like, (laughs) yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. and then season two hit. And I was like, I am hooked from season two forward. I was in. Um, so I knew the show and I knew that a lot of times the demons were more human than the humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I tried to play. And luckily it, it worked out. Um, so I think there was that heart built in by people like Jane Espenson and Stephen DeKnight mm-hmm. and um, Drew Goddard and, um, Drew Greenberg, uh, a lot of the writers who kept bringing the character back to to just bring a little levity and a little heart. And then Chris and Amber just ran with it. And so every time I got to read a page that was something new, um, especially doing some of the more emotional stuff for Clem, you know, was really kind of impactful for me. Um, You know, the kitten stuff has always been... a. Funny, but also strikes true to my heart because you know I'm a recovering addict and um, alcoholic, and you know I don't intend to bring that to a role, but I don't know that I can necessarily help it. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm rambling. I don't know if that answered your question at all.
1: No, Uh-oh. it did. I mean, especially like <laughs> because I think that the the depth of it is not only in the the sort of reveal that Clem has this like sadness inside of him. But also I took special note of how the kitten conversation was had in this specifically, Mm -hmm. especially with Giles. There's like Mm -hmm. a moment where Giles really like lifts you up after Mm -hmm. the lion. Um, Mm -hmm. that felt incredibly intentional and very specific.
2: Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just to be able to do a scene with the incomparable Anthony Stewart head, uh, you know, I, I, I knew him on set. I've known him from conventions, but I never got a chance to work with him. And that was, you know, I had never worked with Charisma. I'd never worked with Juliet. Wow, I right. uh, briefly worked with Emma, like very sh- small. Um, mm-hmm. So to get to work with them, because as you know, we we did it as if it was a staged reading. So we were all in the same room. Tony was piped in from England. Um so we got to really you know he was he was on video so we got to see each other's reactions and stuff so that was really awesome it was such a such a privilege it was really great
0: it's so interesting as two people who have watched this television like the television series a ton we have had to kind of like very carefully thread out oh like wait who knows each other because in our minds it's like this is an ensemble cast and they all know each other and you're all and my all... best friends uh, yes yeah. Yeah. Naturally yeah. second yeah. Yeah. best friend yeah. 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 But yeah. 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 who's Captain? Oh, right
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe third
0: <laughs> of this cast who had you worked with the most james marsters
2: yeah definitely james um and then second would be michelle trachenberg Mhm mhm Those were the two oh, I worked with the a most. Pair,
1: a pair how oh, oh, we yeah. loved Don and Clem, you know, getting her so all much those fun. Bowls of So chips. much fun. Just the best. So much fun. <laughs> um did you make uh friendships like on the set? I mean, we've heard about Amber and Chris obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, Jenny has actually crafted this question and I I've, I've ripped off her joke just a moment ago. Uh, <laughs> but she said, "Did you make any lasting friendships on the set of Buffy or the set of Slayers?" parenthetically best friends second best friends so i already blew <laughs> or, the joke you know, any i'm tier. so sorry sure but,
2: yeah. um you know the set you know film sets are, especially tv sets are very strange especially if you're not you know in the show cast you're kind of showing up as a journeyman actor actress um mm. and you, your job is to come in and do your job and be professional and then leave and if you get to keep coming back that's that's awesome and yeah you can build You know, work friendships, but I'm not calling Sarah Michelle up going, (laughs) hey, you want to go have coffee? (laughs) But where it really started to, friendships really did form was in the convention circuit. And, um, Ah. you know, back, I hate to say back, because 1996 was yesterday, right?
1: Well, it was four. It was actually four years ago, which is incredible to me. So (laughs) in
2: 2000, I think my first convention was... It was after my first season, so I I often say it's like losing your virginity to a porn star. My first convention ever was San Diego Comic-Con in
0: 2002.
2: Oh, my God. Wow. And it was bananas. (laughs)
0: Um, (laughs) But
2: for the next, like, five to six years was sort of the height and heyday of Buffy conventions. Mm -hmm. Uh, The show had just gone off the air in 2003, and then it just exploded. One year I did, I think, 14 cons. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was nuts. And in doing that, that's where those friendships yeah. started to form. You know, I was at cons with James and Andy Hallett and Mark Lutz and mm. Amber and Emma Caulfield and oh, just mm, R.I.P. Camden Toy. And
1: yeah.
2: all if you just this, we became this weird traveling circus. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire Kramer, uh, Jonathan Woodward, you know, all the all the. The Whedon verse people. Yeah, we were all just thrown into these crazy circumstances. Jay August, I just uh, <laughs> so many more people. I can't even, you know, pretty much everyone you could think of, yeah. um, except for the you know top top folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the friendships really started to form because we were oftentimes in cities we didn't know and. Mm-hmm. For three to four days at a time And yeah, uh, we've had some some Great times, I once yeah. had to sneak out of A Paris hotel with Danny Strong uh, <laughs> And get on a subway uh, Before <laughs> the hotel People realized that the con promoters Had not paid our bill oh, um, no.
1: And <laughs> we, we didn't want to get Stuck
2: with the bill, because it was on the Champs Elysees <laughs> and it was expensive uh, So we all snuck out And I'll never forget, we're walking down a, Like we <laughs> So it was Rabia Lamort uh, jenny calendar <laughs> yeah tom link danny strong
1: wow bailey chase real.
2: myself all our respective partners uh <laughs> and we had gotten a phone call in the middle of the night that said the promoter didn't pay the bill you have to get out or else they're going <laughs> to stick you for the bill and we were like whoa none of us are paying this bill um so we all <laughs> packed our stuff and If I don't know if you've ever been to Europe, I'm maybe maybe not. Uh, Most of the hotels there have teeny tiny elevators, like for two people, and they're very very slow. And there were like seven of eight of us with all our luggage in a four story hotel. So what we none of us could fit in the elevator. So what we did at like six a.m. seven a.m. We all packed up our crap real super fast, and we got down to like the first floor landing. So it was a one flight of stairs into the lobby, out the yep. door. Yep. We're all there with all our bags. We're like, all right, we're waiting for a phone call because one of our managers had gotten a person to who lived in Paris to come up with a car that we could all throw our baggage into, but that would fill the car. Then we had to hoof it to the, train, the underground station. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we finally get the call and we're like, all right, one, two, three, go. And we all just pick up our bags and haul ass through the lobby. And everyone, we're like, Straight ahead, don't talk to anybody, don't listen to anyone. If someone starts yelling at you, ignore them. We bolt out the front door, throw our bags in. She takes off, and we start walking down the street to get on the underground station.
1: Oh, incredible! So, yes, it's it's experiences
2: like that that are just like the crazy times we had traveling the world that made us kind of this weird family.
1: Well, and Con, like the the con of it all. I mean, it's something that we have very little experience with. We've really like we've been to con esque environments, um, mm-hmm. except for one, and one was a like, real con, and it was in London, and it was the first time we met James Marsters and which Mark one? Uh, it was the Vampire Ball in London. Oh,
2: so one of was it Sean Harry's?
1: Yeah, that was there. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and we had no James. Uh, Marsters thought we were hysterical because we were like just green and exhausted by, like, halfway through day one. He's like, first con, eh? Oh, you know?
2: boy. Well, especially the London, like, Brits do it different than everyone else. Those cons are insane.
1: We we had no idea what to expect, but, you know, it, it also gave, I think, both Jenny and I a whole different kind of respect for what you all are doing. At, and obviously, like, it's incredible to interact with with people who love the work and everything but it is also such incredibly hard work to be that present in that capacity um so i just i like i have to give for like three days straight right with like you know a constant flow of Individuals. It's just really, it's really incredible. And it's a really wonderful thing that you all do to you oh, know, thank give you. so many of uh, folks who love the show the chance to interact with you. But just saying, I see you.
2: <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. she will see. Um, no, there, I have always loved cons. I, if you can't tell, I'm a natural extrovert. Um, so I oftentimes gain <laughs> energy from interactions like that. No, at the end, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, and is it's hard work? Yes, it's hard. Is it roofing a house in Texas? is in august no (laughs) um but there is you are giving a little bit of yourself to each and every person um i think at least if you're doing it right Mm -hmm. um and it's it's you know i've always approached it haven't always acted like it but i've approached it as a privilege that i get to do this because i'm a fan i'm a fan of so many things like i have gotten to meet people doing cons especially early on for show like I grew up watching, I'm old, I grew up watching Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica and A-Team and The Incredible Hulk and all these shows and movies that meant so much to me as a kid and a part of the reason why I became an actor, Uh, I got to meet all these people and hang out with them and listen to their stories. And so Mm -hmm. to me, that is what has been the most fun and watching people um, like LeVar Burton or, you know, I always admired James uh, Marsters for his ability to really connect with each and every fan. Even mm-hmm. if he's only got 10 or 15 seconds, he manages to connect with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took that to heart in that, you know, this this interaction means something and yeah. it also means something to me. I... Uh, so, yeah, but British conventions are a different beast. <laughs> uh, the first one I ever did, like I had done some American ones and they were cool. And the first British one I did, I came out on stage in front of like 2,500 people. And it was like, I was Axl Rose. <laughs> I was like, Wait, what, "What? hold on a second. And then it was, you know, three solid days of Guinness and fish and chips. And um, yep, yep. Uh, and I got home, jet lagged, having to go to work at Buca De Beppo. As a waiter, I was like, hi, uh, do you know yesterday people were screaming for me? No, no, I'll I'll have your lemon chicken right up. Yep, no problem. Thank you. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dallowance and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So
0: if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. While we're in con town, I believe that Christopher told us when we talked to him that your kids were at Comic Con uh this year for the yes. mm-hmm. Slayers? Mm-hmm. I was this like the first time because of you were telling us their ages and it sounds like maybe um they were not probably watching uh genre <laughs> horror <laughs> dramedies. Um, no. Buffy was airing, was this the first time they got to experience, you know, Buffy Mania, Clamania?
2: Um, yes and no. So, my eldest son, who is about to be 24, he was very, very young. Um, but I took him to convent, you know, we took him to a lot of conventions when I was younger. Well, when I was younger, of course, he was younger. Um, (laughs) but he doesn't really remember a lot of them because he was Mm -hmm. like five, six, seven. Um, and then he'd been to a few, my youngest, Owen had never really been – again, he'd been to one or two, but he was super young. So, this was the first time they had seen anything like that. Um, It's also kind of the first time I've ever been involved in anything like that. I'd (laughs) never had a stylist. I'd never had a wardrobe person. I, someone came to my hotel and did makeup on me that morning. I, that never happened before. Um, so, yeah, it was very interesting for them to see. Um, I don't think they knew quite what to expect. Uh, I think they both thought it was pretty cool. But they're also like, why is everyone making a big deal out of dad? Um,
1: it's funny he, because – He
2: farts a lot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> It's funny, though, because – so I ha- just had, like, a few minutes with Owen after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after, yeah. The younger and, one, yeah. Yeah, and, like, you know, like, I feel like perhaps that's what you are receiving on your end. But, like, what Owen said to me and the person I was with was just, like, this, like, I'm so proud of him. That, I mean, literally, like, I left being, like, I'm my the biggest fan of Owen, actually. He's my favorite <laughs> Most one in people that room. Are. Like, Most just, people like, are.
2: He's – yeah. Uh
1: I didn't get to yeah. talk to your eldest Jonathan, I'm Yeah, sure. Jonathan. He was yeah. he
2: was in the midst of having to do a school project. Um, he's a <laughs> no. he's a senior at UT as a history major oh. and uh he kind of forgot that that trip was coming up <laughs> yep. and had maybe procrastinated a little bit <laughs> yeah, on a paper he was it. supposed to have done. Uh so he spent a lot of that trip doing a paper.
1: They just they seemed yeah. very very proud of
2: they, I, uh of you which you're gonna make is very... cry.
1: It was just very sweet to see that angle. Really, really. Yeah,
2: sweet. they're they're funny. They're two very different kids. And I'm so very proud of both of them. Uh, you know, they've had some hardship in their life and uh I just, you know, it, it, it I think sometimes it's weird because they both do theater and they both uh, you know, occasionally it will come up who their dad is and they've had to kind of shoulder that from both fellow students and teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is a little weird I yeah. think sometimes yeah. when yeah. a teacher comes up and is like wait your dad was on Buffy
1: Yeah. That's... Oh my
2: god it's my favorite TV show ever And they're like you're my algebra teacher Dude what are you talking about
1: No, <laughs> yeah, Not here uh, for this power dynamic shift at how, all actually. How about
2: you get me an A I'll get you an autograph <laughs>
1: Yeah <laughs> Um, you, you mentioned never having had, um, like a a makeup or wardrobe person sort of show up before a con and and situations like that. But of course, on the flip side, we imagine that in the television series, you spent more time in the makeup chair than most anyone. Uh, there there are a few people
2: who did spend more time, um... Uh, so I was lucky in that, uh, when they finally figured out how to do the appliance, uh, mm-hmm. they got it down to about two and a half hours, which oh,
1: wow. really oh, isn't wow, that yeah. bad. Yeah.
2: Cause That's it's, so it, it was in four pieces, uh, not four, 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 four pieces. <laughs> um, uh, it was a cowl that came from like here back, uh, then they would put the ears on and then they would do the whole face, which came down to about here. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. And the face part was the toughest part because it had to be glued to every bit of my face so that it would move. Mm. And it was foam latex, so it was really light. Um, and then they would have to spend time airbrushing it, painting it, putting all the little touches. Uh, but they got that down to about two and a half hours. Um, you know, people like George Hertzberg, who played Adam, five hours <laughs> every time.
1: Oh, no. and Good Lord.
2: Luckily for me, the hand, the hands were and the arms were gloves. So oh. I, I could take them on and off. And I
1: guess all those extra folds made it possible for it not to have to be like adhered to your body. As yes. Touches.
2: So basically, yeah. what would happen is they would put the whole thing up to, because I had to do like arm casts and I did a full head cast. But what they did was they put it up here and were like, just clamp. If you notice, Clem always walks around kind of like this. <laughs> <laughs> and does a lot of stuff like this. And it's because yeah. I was clamping that here so that they didn't have to attach it. Yeah. So that ah. after each take, I could take them off. Because they were they were made out of silicone and they were very heavy. Oh, wow. And the nails, because silicone doesn't adhere to anything, the nails mm. would constantly pop off. <laughs> so They were constantly having to reapply the nails. Uh, but I could take those off. Now, an interesting tidbit. The first time we did it, they didn't exactly know how it was going to go on and the way that because silicone dry is very sticky can't Mm. get your so the first time we did it it was with a prodigious amount of ky jelly (laughs) sure yeah i mean and the sound for the job (laughs) the sound of my arm going in and then out of it was oh god something for mm. porno
0: yeah <laughs> yeah that's not, that sounds like none of yeah. our business, <laughs> nope. like none
2: of our business. Uh, luckily later on they figured out that baby powder worked just as well
1: <laughs> oh my god oh nice. yeah
2: um so yes <laughs>
1: I hope you got a chance to talk to Trixie Mattel. Uh, at some did you get to talk to Trixie no. Mattel at, all at the aftercon? No, she's I didn't. just a, an infamous drag queen, and yes, you're talking yes. about your nails popping off. I was like, oh, man, Clem and Trixie <laughs> talking about their, you know, like what a we would all pay to see that. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, I bet.
2: Yes. <laughs> Clem would have a blast. Um, No, so I I was gonna say, like people like George, uh, you know, they were in for five hours. It was from his torso up, and his arm wouldn't come off, so he had to have people help him pee. (gasps) Sorry, George, I I let that. I divulge that.
1: Oh, George. Oh yep. my goodness. Yep. We really have not given fair credit to the work done to give us Adam. Yeah, yeah. George, yeah. we appreciate your sacrifice. Yeah, yes. yep. And and how. Yep. Jenny, I saw your your wind-up face down there. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Well, I was wondering
0: if um if you have the inside scoop and feel like you can share it, is somebody on the Slayer's creative team, or is it perhaps you yourself mm. um, that is a like retired snack aficionado? Right, you've got like a very specific chocolate chip cookie, right? Chipperoos, and, and a very specific of... grape soda. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go
2: with Christopher Golden on
0: that. <laughs> He's the guy. We missed our. We missed it. Yeah.
2: We should have. I'm pretty to, sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's again. Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Would you consider sharing with us your personal snack preferences? No Ooh. pressure.
2: Okay, all right. I've got I've got a few. Um, I am a. I love chips, uh, potato chips. I also love the yes. British chip, a French fry. Um, um, yes. Uh, I love salt and vinegar, and mm-hmm. uh, my wife makes fun of me uh, because as a child, I was always served a sandwich, like whether it was on Wonder Bread or whatever, a sandwich with potato chips, some type mm-hmm. of chip. So I cannot eat a sandwich without some type of chip
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's fair. and she's like well, what is wrong with you <laughs> and sometimes i will take the chip and put it on the sandwich
1: that's appropriate good absolutely man. good man so, this is why clem is a fan favorite exactly. you know what I mean? coming from the right place
2: <laughs> yep uh so i love potato <laughs> chips uh i'm much more of a salty like snack person so potato chips french fries um Snack-wise, that's kind of what I go for. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I have started to develop a sweet tooth. um, Chips Ahoy cookies with milk and uh, pie. Mm. Pie. I love pie. Nice. Apple and pumpkin.
1: Two very different pies, honestly. And
2: I I also have been known to demolish a pint of Ben & Jerry's in one sitting.
1: Talk about 1996. That's when we all started learning how to do that, you know? (laughs) I had a... Maybe not a technical question, but I guess a performance question, because mm-hmm. clearly, uh, especially given the conversation we just had about how much time you spent in the makeup chair, there was a lot of visual elements to Clem mm-hmm. uh, in the original series. And uh, I think we're wondering what you did differently, how you maybe approached the character differently or the performance differently, since you did not get to lean on any of those visual
2: cues. Um, You know, it's funny, I think. I, I didn't approach it really any differently. Um, you know, one of the great things about being in makeup was that I could be as big as I wanted to be. And mm-hmm. um, as an actor, that is one of the things that I often encountered as uh, critiques that I often got was, great, can you bring it down? Mm, mm. I'm I'm a big person I have a expressive face I have big eyes uh I tend to be very over the top um and a lot of times that just didn't work for some of the things I was reading for or um people just didn't get it um and I was always told like bring it down I was like that was me being down I was like, this, is, this is what you got um but being behind that makeup and the fact that it was so responsive I was just able to do whatever I wanted and I kind of approached that the same way in the audio recordings, um, knowing I wasn't on camera, I could be as physical as I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes was, uh, as I'm sure you've seen from the backstage, the, the behind the scenes footage, everyone's kind of like burr, pa, burr, going crazy. Yeah. Um, and that I think is what helps bring forth the vocal aspect is if physically you're embodying everything. So it mm-hmm. wasn't a conscious, decision. I wish I could say I was a brilliant actor uh, who made a conscious choice. But no, I just kind of just went for it and was like, I can be as over the top as I want to be. And that's hey, it.
1: M- maybe that maybe the best choice uh, to make is to just go for it. Um, that,
2: that's kind of the way I've always thought. And, you know, I come from a stage background. Um, that's where I grew up and kind of still is my favorite thing to do as much as I love film and TV. Uh, It can get really boring Um, when you have to say the same thing over and 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 over (laughs) over and over again (laughs) Um, from many different angles. Um, But what I love about theater is it's immediate. It's right now. And Mm that's that to me is where the rush comes from. And coming from an improv comedy background, it's just always just been about the moment and what you can bring in the moment. Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, it uh, lands very effectively. Clem, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, we always loved Clem, but I really think that specifically in this universe, Clem is...
2: Yeah, MVP. no, he Just really... MVP. Yeah, they really... Again, I'm so very thankful, and I'm... My desk is actual wood. Uh, Hoping <laughs> that maybe we get to come back and do more. Don't know when, don't know how. Yeah, there's nothing. I, I have no insight onto that, but I really hope we get to come back and do more because it was such a pleasure. It was such, it was so much fun. And
1: we hope to hear more. I think more. there are a lot of a lot of
0: crossed fingers around the globe, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hoping the same
2: thing. I'm just going to throw sure. this out there. You know, I don't know if there are any con promoters or people <laughs> who want to do things, but maybe bring us all in for a staged reading of an episode. Who knows? Oh, yeah. You know, so kind of like dope. what they do with Bob's Burgers and Simpsons mm. and uh, various yeah. other things.
1: Yes. Maybe we could do
2: that. Just <gasps> did did that you, out you there. hear
1: that, everyone listening? Right. Go work your little Scooby magic. Make uh-huh. it happen. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have? Maybe that's a good place to uh, to ask you if you mm. have places that you'd like. I mean, clearly we know you are you are performing, and and Chris and Amber are writing and perhaps the twain never meet but you have a deep attachment of course to Clem and Clem's mm-hmm. journey so i wonder if there are places that you are hoping Clem goes if we should be so lucky as to get gosh i don't
2: know i i just love i love putting clem and they kind of did this too is putting him as a fish out of water um mm-hmm. putting him in situations that he has no idea how he's going to get out of and he just through his Lovable goofballness manages to make everything okay. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of love that. I would love to see Clem as maybe a reluctant detective. Yes. <laughs> yes. As sort of some weird noirish <laughs> where he's got to solve a mystery, uh, but he yes. just, just keeps like, his into ears all down. the right answers. Like everything he does is wrong, but it still works out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just I love seeing him in those situations. I had always, you know, with the late great Andy Hallett, I had always wished that those two characters had gotten to oh. meet up.
1: Oh man. There's something so similar about, like, yeah. I, I really, I guess, haven't had reason to put them side by side, but there is something so similar about yeah. their character. Very
2: similar. And, and, you know, I got to know Andy very, very well doing the cons and stuff. And, uh, you know, he was taken yeah. from us way, way, way too soon. But yeah, I had yeah. always wished that Clem and, and Lauren could have gotten together because that would have just been Ugh. a hoot. Uh, I had had wanted to write a comic years and years and years ago and I just didn't called, you know, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way Out of Sunnydale where (laughs) Lem and Lauren end up in Las Vegas and in the midst of like a mob dispute where one of them is accused of killing someone and they've got a like a hangover type comedy of errors hijinks.
1: Yes, uh, yes. Listen. Yes. yes. You, it's never too late. It's, no, I no. was just gonna say we, you can still do this. We, <laughs> honestly, one of the biggest images I have when you were talking about your arms, the as Clem, the biggest image that I have is holding that big gulp. I think in the, in the <laughs> car on the way out yeah, of Sunnydale. Yeah, yeah. So that was in my brain, and then you said that, and I was like, I see Clem with his big gulp, and then going <laughs> right to Vegas on the way out of Sunnydale. Hell yes, yes. yes, bring it, give it to us. We would love to have it. <laughs> all right. All right.
2: I'll see if I can make that happen.
1: Um, Beautiful. I, I also think, and and you know, I know we're we're running on time here, but because you're talking about Andy and the overlap of these characters, and we've already talked about some of the depth that Clem has been given, but I just personally find it so um, powerful when characters show um, their caretaking nature and their ability to bring a room to life alongside mm. the things that they carry, um, which is why I was so um, touched to see the depth in Clem and why I'm now currently so moved in thinking about the Lauren and Clem overlap. Mm. Um, and mm. so I don't know. I don't know if you have more to say on that and, and how those two things meet, but it just struck me.
2: Sure. I think what is great about Chris and Amber is they both inherently know that um, You know, it's it's a cliche, but it's oftentimes true is that, you know, the comedian, the the clown is oftentimes very sad inside. And I think they very much tapped on that is the reason why some of us are driven to make other people laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, a room full of strangers laugh is because we have a lot going on inside mm-hmm. um, and we're oftentimes battling our own issues and demons and darkness and In doing that, it helps us. Mm -hmm. And I think they've very intuitively tapped into that. Um, Not saying that I'm a dark, depressed person, but, you know, we all have, we all carry things. And there is something that drives a performer, especially comedians, to get up in front of a room full of strangers and go, I'm going to make you laugh tonight. Whether that's stand-up, improv, doing a play, sketch comedy, any of those things. Um, It is, for me, it... Has always been about. I don't care what day you just had. If I can make you smile, then yeah. that makes me smile. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, James, thank you for spending time with us.
2: Yes. Oh, absolutely. My my pleasure. I don't want to leave it on like a a downer note. Like, uh, <laughs> no, going. I don't think it.
1: I I honestly like. I think it's a really powerful note, and I I I think that it's. I think that. We've talked to a lot of folks in the Buffyverse specifically who play um, villains, right? Specifically villains. And some of the most incredible villains uh, have talked to us from an actor's standpoint of the depth uh, that they've given to those villains. That it's not just about playing evil, right? It's mm-hmm. about like saying anyone who's doing this, this thing that might be evil has a motivation to do it. There's a, there's villains a... Villains
2: never think they're villains.
1: Exactly. And, and I, yeah. and this is not the same. It's not apples to apples, but I, I think that it's a very powerful thing to remember that there's always more happening inside mm-hmm. of people than what you see. Um, So I actually think it's a really beautiful thing. Um, And um, yeah.
2: Thank you. I, I, I think so too. I you know, it's the reason why there's the Greeks had tragedy mm-hmm. and comedy. They're, Two sides of the same coin why Shakespeare either had comedies or tragedies. It was either ending in death or a wedding. (laughs) Um, Time's the same thing. uh, So, yeah, and I think it's also why, you know, a lot of times you'll see comedic actors turn in brilliant dramatic Mm -hmm. performances. Cause it's there within everybody. Anyway, I could wax on. You know, if you want to do a master class with yeah. James Leary, <laughs> uh, would. sign up on blah blah blah. Would you? Um,
1: were there any things that you wanted to talk to us about that we didn't sort of prompt you to?
2: No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, yeah, just uh, if you haven't listened to Slayers, please give it a give it a. Give it a listen. It's a lot of fun. Over eight hours, so it's a great value. Um, <laughs> you're doing so
1: good. And uh,
2: I think you'll <laughs> I, I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh if you're a video game person, check out Assassin's Creed Nexus Ooh. VR uh for uh MetaQuest uh exclusively. Uh I I was a narrative designer on that. Um I was in charge of all the Ezio uh Italy stuff. Cool. Oh. Yeah, that's all I can think of. Uh, If you are ever in Bryan College Station at Texas A&M and they have a show, go see the improv troupe Freudian Slip. Um, They are still going on. I was a founding Ah! member back in 1993 uh, and they are still going strong to this day. So if you're there at A&M, Texas A&M, my alma mater, go check them out. Oh, that's so
1: fun. Noted on my count. That's very, very fun. Um, well, thank you again for being here and no, thank for bringing you. us Clem, who is so dear to so many of us.
2: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and a treat, and uh, hopefully we'll get to keep doing it.
1: Hell yeah. For as Season long as we can. Season two. Season two. <laughs> Season <laughs> two. Yeah. Let it be so.